In Dallas, Texas, three shots were fired at President Kennedy's motorcade in downtown Dallas. The CIA secretly funded the medical experiments through a front in New York City called, of all things, the Society for the Protection of Human Ecology. There's a lot of misinformation, disinformation, and outright lies. We have some problems over here right now. We might have a hijack over here, too. This is a conspiracy indoctrination program. Co-Indoc-Pro. In this broadcast, we will be examining the strange, deranged, unexplained, and unsolved. Some topics will be rooted in conspiracy, others shrouded in mystery. Connections will be made and agendas exposed. So prepare your mind, because the indoctrination begins now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode 18 of the Conspiracy Indoctrination Program, Co-Indoc Pro. We are your hosts. I'm Jake. Luke. And I'm the other Jake. You guys almost got a special treat today. Almost got some air, <laughs> air drumming going on <laughs> on the intro. I stopped. Yeah, barely. <laughs> Jake almost knocked his microphone over. And, <laughs> I'm trying to stop the air drums. I'm smart. <laughs> uh, the other day I was driving down the road and some dude was just air drumming next to me. Just, just <laughs> going to town. <laughs> We're at the stoplight and he's like, just, dude, this guy's playing a full kit, man. I mean, he's got multiple like, toms. Like 80s kit? Yes. Like yes. The he, never-ending drum yep, fill? he's got the little... <laughs> Yeah. And then hit the little chimes. Yeah. He had a full blown kit and uh, he was going ape shit. <laughs> and I look over and his wife is just looking at him like, really, dude? <laughs> She's like the uh, the gift that you guys always sent out of John Goodman from, from uh, Big Lebowski. Eight year olds, dude. <laughs> He's looking at looking at his side eye over his yellow glasses. And if nobody has watched that movie that's listening, you are a failure in life. <laughs> yep. Just like Joe Rogan's a failure because he had never seen Idiocracy until the nine hours before Mike Judge came on. So hopefully you're listening in Texas, Joe. That was lame. <laughs> Ouch, dude. Ouch. Do I got to edit that out? No, I'm okay. just talking about him, not knowing. Oh, yeah, that was lame. Dude, yeah. it came out in 2006. Yeah. All right. You had plenty of years to see that. Everybody was talking about it before it was cool. Yes. This is <sighs> anyway, yeah. welcome back. Episode 18. All the uh, listeners out there that been tuning in since episode one, appreciate you tuning back in. We're 18 yeah. episodes later. Thank you to all the uh, international listeners as well. Very cool. Yep, got more uh, international listeners this week, uh, so that was pretty badass. And then uh, everybody in Tennessee, we're big in Tennessee, so Heck yeah, probably heard uh, right. the uh, shout out to Vigilant Vigilance, Vigilance Elite. Elite. Yeah. Like, Somebody texted me and they're like, "Dude, you do an awesome Sean Ryan." It's <laughs> like. 
fucking yeah, man. <laughs> uh, probably Sean Ryan listen. What's up, dude? Um, but yeah, so we're huge in Tennessee, just so everybody knows. Uh, thank you to the people that left reviews over the week. Uh, pretty awesome review from JTS208. Uh, conspiracy in the workplace. Uh, I know this person. Yeah, I know this person. So I can say he because it is a he. Uh, love the podcast, fellas. Inform- informative and hilarious. Jake, Jake, and Luke have done all the research for you. Break it down in an easy-to-follow format while giving you all the reference to follow up with on your own if you choose. I've read and listened to uh, similar programs, but Cohen Doc Pro does a phenomenal job of making connections that others don't. The banter between this group of friends is a highlight, and I found myself laughing out loud in my car on more than one occasion. Insert weird looks from other drivers. Uh, here and then keep it up from your pal at Nautical Twilight Press. Thank you very much, dude. And uh, get over there to Nautical Twilight Press and check out his books. He's got some uh, books for sale. I think he's on his second or third book. Um, Thanks. So, yeah, I, he needs to uh, do the uh, Cohen Doc Pro biography on us. That needs to be his next book. <laughs> so It would just be summed up easily these guys are fucking idiots yeah these guys are losers the end chapter one Open math it. failures yeah. and it's just a picture of a big pile of shit <laughs> the end sweet Finn. 1999 us dollars so yeah anyway thanks for that review that was cool appreciate it um anybody that's looking to get a hold of us reach out to us at info or sorry info.cohen.pro at yahoo.com there it is i don't even know it yeah cool (laughs) and apparently i needed to do a better job at checking the junk folder because i had sent a message to a guy that i found on some weird like review actually it was a it was a blog about mk ultra and the experiments going on in canada and i had mentioned this before on one of the previous episodes and he had, this dude had put his email address in there, and this was from like three or four years ago. So I was like, ah, I'll send that guy an email and see what happens. And they never heard back from him. So I was like, well, NSA got me. <laughs> <laughs> that was easy. And then uh, I was like, I had sent William Ramsey Investigates, uh, and we'll talk about that here in a minute, but I'd sent him some stuff. And uh, I was like, man, I never heard back from that guy too. Like, what happened? Like, So I was like, maybe I should check the junk folder. So I checked the junk folder. Boom. Both of them had replied within one day. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, oh, damn. So the dude from the MKUltra experiments in Canada, I'm going to try to get him on hopefully next week, but he's in Australia, so there's like a 16-hour time difference, and then i got to figure out the international call and all that, so I don't end up with like a million-dollar bill, um, and we're not making any money off the cash, so (laughs) I'd have to have a GoFundMe to help pay that bill. Um, so going to try to get him in, work him in. And then William Ramsey from William Ramsey investigates, uh, agreed to come on. And that's pretty badass because that dude, one, his stuff is really awesome. He's got a bunch of books out there. He's got a couple documentary DVDs available. And, um, the guy makes the podcast circuit and all of his stuff is, you know, really good. Mm -hmm. Um, and he knows his stuff for sure. So he agreed to come on. So I'm going to try to line that up in the next couple of weeks. So William Ramsey will be hopefully coming on. That's going to be, I'm excited about that. Actually, I'm a little bit nervous because 
now we're going to be like, you know, we're interviewing the big leagues. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we're the turds. Um, <laughs> you like talk about stuff, <laughs> man. Go on. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Looking forward to that. Um, in uh, this week's news, Sonny Barger died today. You guys, you're looking at me like, I don't even know who the hell that uh, is. William Bramley? Word of the turds? Sonny Barger. <laughs> oh, sorry. If it's not E.T., you don't know? <laughs> no. <laughs> I, never, I never cried. <laughs> Uh, by the way, I do have a redaction from a couple weeks ago when we were just busting Luke's balls about E.T. Um, he was 100% right. <laughs> For the uh, anniversary, they got rid of the guns and they put radios in their hands. Suck on that. <laughs> speech, speech, God. speech. God, I came unprepared for that. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, anyway. Sonny Barger, dude. He was the uh, leader of the Hells Angels. Oh, I just saw that today. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Dude, they had that throat thing. Like, Bow. Jello Man Bow. Let's get some uh, stimulants. What's, what's the character from South Park that has that? What? Oh, Ned. I think. Is it oh, Ned or? Ned. Yeah. 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 Well, that's right. <laughs> <clears throat> too soon, guys. Too soon. Sorry. It's only been like eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Sorry, dude. Oops. <laughs> Uh, Stop yeah. drinking it. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Uh, South Park. <clears throat> Good stuff. So, uh, yeah, Sonny Barger's dead. And then uh, tons of crazy stuff happened this last week with the Supreme Court. They overturned Roe v. Wade. Been around since, what, 72? 73? Somewhere around there? Yep. People are losing their minds, dude. I'm like, they didn't stop abortion, people. Like, you can still go to a state where they allow you to legally do that and do it. All it did was put the power back into the state's hands. It's not, it's not anything different. Yep. You know? Actually, when I pulled up here, I had a YouTube notification uh, from Tim Poole that uh, says... Biden's DOD will perform abortions despite bans pushing U.S. towards civil war. Oh, that's good. So you can just go to the Army base like Fort Detrick and yeah. let them in your snatch so they can... They just want all that for the adrenochrome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let me reach up in there and grab that. So, trust me, that is the instrument. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Just about choked on my tea there. <clears throat> yeah. Um. Yeah. So the whole thing is just kind of weird. I don't understand. Um. Yeah, you're gonna use the military to do that. It's like, man, is that really their function, <laughs> man? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Do they have that many? Well, I guess there's not a conflict going on. You got a bunch of army doctors that, you know, got free time on their hands. I guess mm-hmm. I don't know. Is 
you see, this is where it all becomes reality. Just like Stranger Things. Oh, yeah. All the kids. Yeah. And they raise them and make them weapons. Yeah. Finished off Mm. season four. Supposedly, there's a couple more episodes dropping tomorrow. Yeah. The the next one's going to be July, but I didn't know there was a date that it was. Yeah. Or, yeah, it's tomorrow, I think, is what it said in my email. And then um, the other news is that um, CERN is firing up collisions starting Tuesday the 5th. Yep. They probably already did. That's why there's that big sun flare. Yeah. CME that's pointed towards Earth. Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah, which is never good if you have sun solar flares for EMPs and... Mm-hmm. Which would be a perfect way to cap off the summer, you know. It's like super hot, and there's like record heat waves going on, and Notice animals been, are dying everywhere. And Notice during this heat wave we're having here, there haven't been a lot of chemtrails. Yeah, that. I was talking to guys about that at work today, and they're like, hey, where are all the chemtrails? I'm like, they're not doing anything. There's, They want it to be hot right now. Mm-hmm. They don't want to do anything. They they want the heat dome coming. That's like last year when they had that crazy heat yeah. dome. There was no trails from like May until almost August. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was freaking. It was hot a last long year. summer. <clears throat> so, well, and then there's also. I I just saw the headline about it about some uh, the biggest asteroid that's ever come by Earth. Get Bruce Willis on see. that shit now. Yeah. So maybe they're coming in to watch oh they're gonna spark this shit up here yeah see what happens well it is a giant magnet it's probably drawing some stuff those, right in those things have metal on them and all sorts of shits so. yeah so one of my friends was asking me today you know if i thought that they were going to open the the portal to the abyss you know on tuesday and i'm like no nah, i don't think so i think that they're they're going to start ramping up the collision i mean it, it is definitely interesting timing because on the 5th, you sent this out, July 5th, 2020, Venus, one of the four morning planets with Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn, is visible with the stars of Taurus. And during the evening, the thick crescent moon is in Virgo. So it is kind of interesting that this 2020 summer, there was supposed to be like an, a weird alignment mm-hmm. the first time in like several. Mm-hmm. Yeah, five five planet alignment yeah. first time in. I think it said 18 years. Yeah. And then it won't, this won't happen again until 2040. Yeah. So who knows, dude? And just with everything else that weird that's going on, the supply chain, and then um, August, I believe, is when they're going to be notifying everybody of the treaty that was signed at the WHO summit in May over in Switzerland. So they're going to let everybody know, hey, we signed away our state sovereignty, country sovereignty in the event of a pandemic. So that'll be a real sweet thing to deal with. So lots of things adding up at one time, man. The old ramp up. Yep. So we'll see what happens with uh, CERN as it fires up. But I think it, it's it's been fired up for a month. Now they're doing collisions, but I don't think they'll be doing the the super powerful collisions probably until end of summer mm-hmm. and i have a feeling it'll probably end up you know correlating with that timing of the release of the information on the treaty 
yeah. and all that that jazz. So and whatever else is going to go on at that time. Yeah, because they'll make some crazy more protests um, about some bullshit. <clears throat> and, yep. they'll, they'll you know make some crazy uh, statements about all these huge scientific breakthroughs that they're making so that all that yeah. coup stuff will get shoved down to the bottom of the news cycle and nobody until, will pay until they to release it. the next virus mm-hmm. and then it'll be oh you guys didn't know that mm-hmm. yeah we can run your country now yeah <clears throat> we can quarantine you and lock you down crazy yep anyway He's so crazy 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 nights what song is that kiss oh crazy nights mm-hmm. never mind <laughs> Too soon. Yes. Too soon. <laughs> soon. <laughs> okay. So we'll get into it. Uh, we're going to pretty much wrap up our series on MK. We're going to talk today about um, the Gateway, which was kind of like a hybrid uh, deal with MK. Luke's going to talk about that, and then we're going to go into the Laurel Canyon uh, music scene with Hollywood and some of the connections there. I'm going to try to line up that uh that speaker or the guy from uh, the MK experiments at Ashton Hall, hopefully by next week. But if not, we may have to insert it in a couple weeks or whatever. But I'd like to start getting into some serial killer talk and stuff like that because that was part of Project Chaos, which was beyond MK, I think. Mm-hmm. So cool. she's all yours. All right. The floor is yours. <clears throat> so... Um this um, project kind of uh, we we'd spoke about it a little bit in one of our earlier episodes I don't remember which one it was uh, but this gateway project it dealt with um, using uh, kind of astral projection stuff and uh, doing using frequency and, and sound to get your <clears throat> brain they called it hemisync, where both sides of your brain are working on the same wavelength. <clears throat> and this just kind of popped into my head the other night when we were talking about it, uh, or not talking about it, but uh, thinking back about the um, Naomi. Was it Naomi? Or what was the last one that we did? Oh, uh, Mockingbird? Hmm. We did Mockingbird, and then uh, we did Naomi, and uh, prior to that. I think it was Naomi. No. It, had, it, <clears throat> it was the one where um, they were talking about the um, kind of like hidden side of the project was working with black magic and all that kind of stuff. Oh, was that the MK Often? I think so. In the Edgewood Arsenal experiments? I think that's when we talked about that. Yeah. So on uh, the Black Vault, we mentioned them before um, on our first episode, and they have a document up that was uh, released by the CIA um, in 2003. And this is uh, an analysis and assessment of the gateway process uh, dated June 9th of '83 where they're talking about how this um, this whole process works with using the sound and, uh, you know, how many st- 
times you have to go through this in order to reach that point where you can astral project. And um, they're talking about after a certain amount of time um, in this project, you can actually travel, you know, backward in time uh, in like kind of your timeline and all this kind of weird shit. Or shit your pants to the brown note. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's probably what most of it actually was. (laughs) Yeah. Just getting people to dump themselves. (laughs) Yeah. They put them in the headphones and play that and go, (laughs) fucking sucker. (laughs) Not cleaning up in here. (laughs) And then go dump them on the street. Yeah, exactly. Look at this crazy guy that shit his pants. (laughs) Um, But they... um, Worked with um, hypnosis, transcendental meditation. Um, they had, uh, what was it? It was like Kundalini. Oh, the Kundalini spirit? Yeah. Yeah, that's all uh, stuff from the Kabbalah Tree of Life stuff. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy because of all of, like that kind of Kabbalah stuff that's in this program matches up to what they were talking about. In that other program, working with the black magic and everything. So I thought this was a good kind of side note to add into that. That kind of gives a little bit of um, credence to the black magic stuff. Yeah. That was kind of all I wanted to touch base on was that there was this other project that there is documentation on that they were working with it yeah and they um in that one they were using like some it sounded like they were doing similar experiments like what you would see if you watched that show uh stranger things where mm-hmm. they put l in the tanks and doing all the deprivation deprivation sensory, sensory, deprivation, yeah, yeah sensory deprivation stuff you did that once yeah i did the flip tanks oh really yep it was pretty cool for just to, to just to astral project well, just to check it out. Sweet. It's kind of weird falling asleep, laying in water, but like, salt, was it here? Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember the name of the place. It was downtown, <laughs> but it's like <clears throat> super salt, you know. Yeah. And uh, so you you only like sink into it like halfway in the depth of your body. <laughs> it's it's pretty weird, and then they close the top and the light goes out and dude they probably totally did an experiment on you <laughs> probably <laughs> oh yeah but it was weird just they're gonna trigger you one day and you're just gonna freaking snap in here yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, end of podcast yeah <laughs> or he whips it out and starts beating yeah <laughs> they you don't know triggered that. they just triggered it like and now, <laughs> like, dude, dude, what are you doing, dude? No, who's not here? We're dude. trying to get through this. <laughs> We're live on the air. Stop looking at us. <laughs> uh, I can't. <laughs> yeah, I can't. Okay, well, so yeah, the Hemisync stuff is pretty interesting. I think it was Occult Rejects did a did a two episode three maybe three episode mm-hmm. breakdown on it it was pretty interesting to listen to yeah and it, it's still a thing like you can like order these 
um, CDs and stuff and go through the program at home. Mm. <clears throat> but yeah, because I think it was was it HemiSync that they were they were trying to get people to go to certain places. Yeah, do the through astral, astral projection. projection. Yeah, yeah, they were sending them to locations and then having them retrieve. Mm-hmm. Not retrieve, bring something back, bring back information. Yep. So they were trying to use it for like spy games or something. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So we probably have a one of them in here with us. Mm-hmm. That's probably who's messing with my microphone. Pro- probably. He's here. <laughs> Did you hear that? Send mic- that to him. Yeah, my <laughs> microphone sucks. Don't ever buy a Pulse and RM650. <laughs> Sounds pretty cool, I guess, until, you know. <laughs> and then one day it shocked my lips. It pulled the, uh, yeah, got to a little, put my lips on. Ooh. Zap, got zapped. Got a little touch of the brown note there. Yep. <laughs> my butthole went to Did quiver. <laughs> Buzz! Okay, so now we'll start transitioning over to the um, Laurel Canyon, Hollywood scene, and all that type of stuff. So interject in here wherever you want. I know Luke just recently finished Chaos, and I haven't... I've started rereading Chaos, but I didn't... I read it when it... Like like I said, two years ago. Mm-hmm. So my memory's a little bit faded. And then a lot of this stuff does come from the uh, book from David McGowan called Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon, Laurel Canyon, Covert Ops, and the Dark Heart of the Hippie Dream. Uh, I also read this book at the same time that I read Chaos. It's a really good read. This fucking guy. Who? Look at me reading two books at the same time. Yeah. Did you go through fucking reading Rainbow <laughs> yeah, Class or yeah. what? What, what are you guys uh, jealous? Yes. <laughs> I can read. Um, no, I read one and then I read the other one because I thought that, you know, it was like interesting that it jumps into the whole serial killer stuff, which I've always been, you know, kind of like one of those cold case aficionados. Mm-hmm. That's how you say the word. Get her on the phone. Say, yeah. <laughs> Ask the professional. Yeah. Can you get her on the phone real quick? How do you pronounce aficionado? (laughs) It's something like that. You guys get it. You know what I'm saying? Um, So anyway, the Laurel Canyon music scene, I didn't realize how connected it was to the military-industrial complex and mostly to the military intelligence field. Um, You would think... Like any time that I kind of bring this up or it comes up in conversation, people are like look at you like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, mm-hmm. you must be crazy if you think that, you know, the Hollywood and the music scene from the 1960s was somehow controlled by the government at the time. Mm-hmm. And I guess looking back on it, I would think the same thing until I started kind of like reading some of these books and, you know, learning some of this stuff about MK Ultra, And then it's kind of like, oh, now that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So in Weird Scenes Inside the Canyon, David McGowan's book, he goes into really, really fine detail on like the connections between certain people in Hollywood and the music scene and the military intelligence complex and like all of that stuff. I mean, it's, you know, it's a, I don't even know, maybe 200 page book or something like that. 300 page book. Yeah, about 300. So 
and he goes through a lot of the weird deaths and a lot of the occult stuff that was kind of connected to, um, you know, the underground Hollywood scene. He does have a couple other books, like one's called Program to Kill, I think, and that's about specifically about the ser- serial killer programs and stuff. Uh, real fascinating stuff, but I'm just going to give you kind of like the overview of the main players of the 1960s and some of their connections to the military uh, intelligence field. So first things first, everybody, if you say 1960s, you could probably name off the top of your head, I don't know, like Jimi Hendrix, The Doors, Mamas and the Papas, you know, you're going to California Dreamin', you know, the song, um, Break On Through to the Other Side. I mean, you're going to name certain things uh, for what it's worth by Buffalo Springfield, you know. Those would be the things that would come up in like a trivia, right? Mm -hmm. So, The Doors. Jim Morrison. Jim Morrison's father is actually a Navy admiral named George Stephen Morrison, and he was the fleet admiral during the Gulf of Tonkin, Tonkin incident in the 1964, I think it was, I somewhere around so. there, because that's what got the U.S. to get entered into the Vietnam War. Like in an official... Like, like an official yeah. Congress passed, we have at, you know, the act of war. Mm-hmm. And this is right after Kennedy had been assassinated. So his father was the one that was involved in that. Excuse me. And then it turns out several years later that the Gulf of, Gulf of Tonkin incident was fabricated. Mm-hmm. It was not true. It was something, I don't remember the exact details of it, but it was something like we were, we our, our ships had been attacked, unprovoked attack mm-hmm. by the Vietnamese, North Vietnamese Army, Navy, something like that in the China Sea and then, or the Gulf of Tonkin in that area. And then, you know, I don't even know if people died or what there was, but it was turned out to be false. It was not true. Mm-hmm. Um, number two, Frank Zappa or Frank Zappa, the mothers of invention, the worst music ever, <laughs> next to Captain Beefheart. Right? <laughs> Did you guys ever listen to any of that stuff? Like, I like weird music, like Tom Waits. I really dig Tom Waits, and I like Mike Patton stuff, but. I could never get into Zappa. I could never get into uh, Captain Beefheart. It was just like way too weird. Mm. Just sounds too much like Beefheart. Yeah, Captain Beefheart. <laughs> and so Frank Zappa's father was Francis Zappa, who was in. He was an employee of the U.S. Army. Worked in the chemical warfare warfare uh, section of the Edgewood Arsenal which we talked about at the Edgewood Arsenal stuff, the, those experiments um, a couple episodes ago uh, as part of uh, MK Often. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he had been transferred at one point to Edwards Air Force Base, which is where all of the stuff with John Pars- or Jack Parsons and the, um, the whole Babylon. JPL and... huh. Babylon. Yeah, the Babylon working ritual with the tablets and L. Ron Hubbard and Baton and taking <laughs> notes and all of that stuff. That was all kind of connected to JPL and that whole stuff. So kind of weird that, you know, Frank Zappa 
grows up, you know, his dad being like this chemical warfare specialist. They move out to the West Coast. They're living in like Lancaster out in the middle of nowhere by the Mojave Desert. He meets Captain Beefheart, which is, I can't remember Captain Beefheart's real name, Gus, uh, Gus Van something, but they went to high school together and then they both kind of linked up and ended up getting into super weird music, um, moving into the Little Canyon scene together and both got super famous according to the counterculture famous. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a guy named Herb Cohen. Herb Cohen's a weird dude. Um, he was Zappa's manager and he was a former USMC, so Marine Corps uh Marine Corps, I don't know what, if he was a soldier or what, his records and, and some of the stuff that they talk about in, in the book is kind of shadowed. Um, he, you know, not a lot of stuff is known about this Herb Cohen dude, but it is kind of weird that in 1961, he was in the Congo and he was supplying arms for Lumumba, Lumumba who was the president of the Congo at the time that was taken out by the agency <clears throat> and he was there as a marine corps like dude like supplying arms is a weird deal um mm. so it's kind of a strange connection that herb cohen was there but anyway herb cohen kind of keeps coming back in all of these uh hollywood weird like connections and some of these strange deaths that happened in the hollywood scene around the music scene in the count in the 1960s uh gail zappa which is Frank's wife. Her her real name was uh, Adelaide Slotman, and her father was U.S. Navy nuclear weapons uh, guy. And they had gone to she had gone to naval like kindergarten school with Jim Morrison mm-hmm. when they lived outside of D.C. And then they end up in Laurel Canyon <laughs> 20, 15, 20 years later at the same time. So it's really strange. Um, Jim Morrison went to high school in Alexandria, Virginia with John Phillips of the Mamas and the Papas and Cass Elliott of the Mamas and the Papas. And both of those two people come back into the whole 60s counterculture stuff, like in a big way, obviously with, you know, California Dreaming and the music and all that stuff. But they were also really intertwined in the whole Hollywood culture with Steve McQueen, Charles Manson, Hugh Hefner, like all of these, you know, um, hanging out with the, the all of the people that died in Cielo Drive, like, you mm-hmm. know, Wojtek Frykowski and Abigail Folger and uh, Sharon Tate. So just really strange. Like they would have like all these parties at their house at Mama Cass's place. And then they were also everybody was hanging out at the Frank Zappa a log cabin in Laurel Canyon. So just really weird stuff. And remind me to talk about Frank Zappa specifically later in the drug usage. Okay. Uh, Cause I'll probably forget. <clears throat> um, so yeah, like I said, Charles Manson and the Manson family were known to spend time at the, at Cass Elliott's place in Laurel Canyon. Uh, weird connection there. She lived across the street from Abigail Folger and Wojtek Frykowski, which also ended up, those were two of the victims in the Cielo Drive, um, Sharon Tate murders. John Phillips, his father was United States Marine Corps Captain Claude Phillips, and John went to military prep schools growing up, and then he was appointed to the U.S. Naval Academy. 
<laughs> Can't imagine that's real easy to get into. Yeah. Do you have something to say? No. <laughs> You're over here like so interested. You're like, yeah, I'm learning, just listening. Learning so much I'm learning stuff. some shit. Learning some shit. Um, John Phillips' wife, <clears throat> Susie Adams, worked at the Pentagon with John Phillips' sister. John Phillips went to Cuba during the height of the Cuba revol- uh, Revolution, which is really strange place for a dude that went to the Naval Academy to be wanting to freedom fight for Cuba mm-hmm. at the height of their revolution, and he's over there. And a real interesting story, this is just kind of like a side note thing, but the enforcer's grandpa, grandpa was in naval intelligence and he's he's since died but um he was assigned to somewhere over in that area so her dad grew up in puerto rico and um he worked i think he worked out of cuba i think maybe guantanamo area something like that in the naval field but the enforcer's dad remembered seeing the mamas and the papas playing on street corner in Puerto Rico before they were ever famous. Hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So they got together, went to Laurel Canyon, became musicians, then went to Puerto Rico. We're playing on street corners. Then went to Cuba. We're playing down there and being involved in this revolution and then ended up going back over to Laurel Canyon and being super famous. Super. Quite the orgy. Yeah, super weird. Um, David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young. Can't forget about Young. Uh, Hey, hey. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, that's my Young, Neil Young. That's pretty good. That's all right. Yeah, I liked it. So David Crosby, his father was Major Floyd Crosby, which he was a cinematographer in the army air corps so prior to the air force being formed in 47 so his dad was a cinematographer working on films for you know the u.s propaganda or whatever winning the war winning the hearts and the minds and stuff like that and then also uh looked like it was training films and things like that for the crew b-17 crew members and stuff like that he ends up coming back out after getting out of the military ends up in hollywood becomes like this super you know well-respected cinematographer so cameraman in the business and then his son becomes super anti war war, (laughs) anti-american you know Hmm. movie star that was super pro guns and always carried guns and supposedly in the book he had shot his guns at people and drug feuds and (laughs) was busted doing a bunch of like drug trafficking stuff like flying drugs into the country and a bunch of weird stuff like the dude's got a pretty seedy history um just found that connection to be really weird um then steven stills from crosby stills nash and young Alleged that he had been in the army, had served as an infantry soldier in Vietnam. And then when people go back and they do the time frame, they're like, the only way that you could have been over there is if you were there in a military advisor role. 
in advisor roles were either agency personnel or they were Army Green Berets. There's no other option. There was no soldiers over there fighting because they didn't start fighting until 60, late 64, 65, mm-hmm. allegedly. So Stills claims that he had like, you know, all of this experience and blah, blah, blah. It's kind of weird. And then in the book, they talk about there being kind of like a, a missing period in his life in the early 1960s where he was just kind of like, nobody really knows where he was. Mm-hmm. So maybe there was a legitimate, maybe he was some kind of a, you know, agency soldier or some kind of a soldier or whatever over there doing advisor stuff. And then uh, Neil Young his dad was a high-level commander in the Canadian military intelligence. Do you think he'll do a remake of, of the song? And Hey, hey, my, my, get your vaccine or you're gonna die. <laughs> Which song is that? Hey, hey, my, my. Oh. <laughs> Southern man, you better... Get your vax. <laughs> I can't think of anything else. Jab would have. <laughs> Southern man, better get your jab. <laughs> Down by the river, I got my vaccine. Yeah, his voice is not my style. I was going to say, I jabbed my baby (laughs) yeah good old neil young but just kind of some weird connections there like i said uh those are just kind of some of the main players Jimi hendrix had some an interesting uh history as well he was forced allegedly into the army uh or go to prison or some kind of like jail reformatory things he was kind of like a troubled youth or something like that and then he was in very short time, uh, broke his ankle in, you know, a paratrooping accident. It's kind of a weird deal that he's forced into going into the military. He's troubled youth or whatever, and that he doesn't, you know, he has like an authority complex. And then he ends up going to the 101st Airborne, which is like kind of an elite type mm-hmm. of unit. You know, he's there for a very short time. And then he gets discharged. Uh, they let him go. Yeah, it seems like most of the kind of troubled kids were infantry. Yeah. And like just shoved out there. Yeah. And, and it, to me, it's just kind of weird that he got, he was allowed to just, you know, they're like, oh, he's just a problem. We're just going to let him go. But at the same time, they're like talking about, you know, wanting to draft people. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, why are you letting this dude out if you need people in the army we're going into conflict we're in a conflict or whatever i just found that kind of be weird and then you know he kind of you know becomes a backup guitar player for some act that was touring and then next thing you know he's the Jimi hendrix of the experience and you know playing like you know everywhere right mm-hmm. uh, my theory is that they realized that he had skills they pulled him yep they they pulled him out and uh, tapped him with uh, a new operation to go do funding Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. So it kind of gives a new spin on that, uh, the experience with the gateway. Oh yeah. True. And, and 
doing time in a reformatory. Yep. Whereas they, where, that's where they were, <clears throat> you know, getting recruiting some of these kids. I mean, the Ashton Hall stuff that that guy we're going to try to bring mm-hmm. on was talking about. He was a kid when they were experimenting on him. Yeah. Charles Manson came from the reformatories in uh, Kentucky. You know, very weird. And then the whole Purple Haze, like that song, like to me, you know, just think, I remember hearing, oh, yeah, it's about an acid trip. It's about an acid trip. <laughs> and then the more you start to learn about like the Saturn and Saturnalia and stuff like that, it's kind of like there was supposedly a Purple Haze from Saturn, you know, and the closeness that it was during the electric universe theory stuff. And I don't know weird yeah kind of <laughs> kind of just strange but um a lot of these get a lot of these people ended up in the 27 club too they ended mm-hmm. up dying super young jim morrison died under some sur- suspicious circumstances in france and that um, was like the day after his dad did the um the ceremony for yeah. uh decommissioning yep, that's that right the aircraft vessel. carrier yep. that he was on for Gulf of Tonkin. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, and that was it, kind of the timing. Kind of was, weird. Yeah, yeah, timing was weird. Um, the timing of Mama Cass dying, and she died in the same apartment that you were talking about. Keith Moon from The Who. Yeah, he died in over in London. Yeah, and she died choking on a ham sandwich. It's like, were you that hungry? Ham bone. Yeah. yeah. I've read a little bit about that, and least in the autopsy report, they said it was a heart attack, and that ham sandwich thing came from there was a half-eaten sandwich in the there. room. Oh. But they, in the autopsy, they didn't find anything in her trachea or anything. But with, um, so she died at uh, thirty-two, and then four years later, in that same room, Keith Moon from the the Who died. And he was 32. Like, that's pretty weird. Yeah. Um, And I just got a couple clips out of the book here, Dave McGowan, um, which is a good book. I recommend you pick it up if you're interested in this type of stuff. Weird scenes inside the canyon. Um, And David McGowan ended up dying uh, a couple years back. He died of some really weird, aggressive form of cancer, like something that the doctors hadn't seen before. And... um, he had a bunch of like, kind of, kind of like whistle blowing type of books that had come out. So it's just really weird. Um, but he writes in here about the Crosby family. So uh, David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, Nash and Youngs and the Birds. Um, the Crosby family tree included a Disney dizzying array of U.S. senators, congressmen, state senators, assemblymen, governors, mayors, judges, Supreme Court justices revolutionary and civil war generals signers of the declaration of independence and members of the continental congress and that more than a few of them were high-ranking officials in the masons Hmm. weird um so and his name is david van Cortland crosby so the van Cortland portion of of that which i believe was his mom that was the Declaration of Independence and all of that Continental Congress signing type of stuff. That's where that stuff came from. He's also a direct descendant of founding father and fe- and Federalist paper authors uh, Alexander Hamilton and John Jay. So definitely a strange... You come from the lineage of... 
fighting for the spirit of 76 to 1967 like fuck the man <laughs> you know mm-hmm. just kind really, of like the inversion of yeah 76 67 and oh yeah i didn't think about that um um, and then Jackson Brown, the singer, um, he was a product of a career military family. His father was assigned to the post-war reconstruction work uh, in Germany, which means that he was probably employed for the OSS, which was the precursors to the CIA. Um, and then there was some more stuff in here that he wrote about Jackson Brown. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Laurel Canyon specifically. Um any of you guys that haven't been there to the Hollywood Hills, there's two, there's a couple different canyons that link the San Fernando Valley, which is like where the pores live, like I lived in the Hollywood. <laughs> the pores. <laughs> yeah. And the Hollywood, you know, so that's like the hills. So you have Coldwater Canyon and Laurel Canyon are pretty much the two major connection points other than the 101 freeway and i think benedict canyon also maybe comes through and then on the very west side you got like the 405 so at the top of the laurel canyon is mulholland drive which is where the who's who of hollywood lives jack nicholson the not pours yeah (laughs) i mean you're at the top of the hill so it's like you're the king and queens of hollywood like you're the shit and so in the laurel canyon area it was almost like Back in the 60s, it was like its own little like city, like culture. It was kind of like tucked away. Uh, real, The roads are super windy, like going up Laurel Canyon. I, I'm not lying to you, but I rode my bike, my BMX bike, from one side of the hill to the other because I didn't have a car at the time because my car was here. And that is the most sketchy road to ever even drive <laughs> and then second to ride a bike on like because there's no sidewalk. People are hauling ass and the roads are just complete garbage. They're just junk, you know, from all the moving of the hills and stuff. And so the road, literally, people just live like right off the side of the canyon. There will just be garage with a house like right there. So people will just be driving and then they just like left turn, boom, and they're just driving to their garage. It's the craziest thing. I remember Malibu Yeah, when we recorded there, driving up in there. It was like... Yeah, sketchy. Yeah, fucking crazy. Yeah, dude, driving the garbage truck. Yeah, was like that fucking thing took up the whole road, tire road. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, just super sketchy to begin with. But at the time, uh, Laurel Canyon had its own market. It had its own country store. It had its own deli and cleaner, and then its own elementary school, which was called the Wonderland School. Which is weird because now Jared Leto, who bought um, Lookout Mountain Air Force Base, used to be an Air Force Base. We talked about mm-hmm. it before. That thing's like in the center of this, or it's not in the center of Laurel Canyon. It's kind of like the top of it. And so everything that happens on Laurel Canyon would happen kind of like just below Lookout mm-hmm. Mountain. So it's just weird that that's there. And then that's being run at the time by the military. And then all of these kids who are products of the military intelligence field are all kind of coalescing in this same little area at Mm -hmm. the same time. And if you look back at your music history, L.A. was not a musical scene at the time. You know, like the big music scene was if you were going to make it for that was all in New York City, Mm -hmm. you know. 
like Bob Dylan and all of that stuff that was going on. That was all happening out of New York, man. Yeah. And Nashville, like those were the two big ones. It wasn't L.A. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't Laurel Canyon. So very weird circumstances. But anyway, back to the Wonderland School. That's the name of the new school or what I think what Leto started a kindergarten up there or something like that called Wonderland. Um, and then there was at one point a celebrity rehab facility in the Laurel Canyon that was named the Wonderland Center. And there was some conjecture that these may be some kind of a mind control operation. Mm-hmm. That's what those celebrity uh, rehab centers were. It's probably like they still are. Losing their... Uh, they need, Shit, they, they they need, need to, to be re-upped re- re- yeah. so yep. they don't come clean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then at one time uh, in its heyday, that there was a management company there called Lookout Mountain or Lookout Mount Management and a bunch of the talent uh, that was there, and they had their own newspaper. Um, so a couple weird connections to uh, the canyon and former, like, weird, you know, famous residents, Jerry Brown, who was eventually, I think, the California governor mm-hmm. during the... I don't even remember when it was. But he lived on Wonderland Ave., and he lived pretty close to uh, 8763 Wonderland Ave., which was the site of the infamous four-on-the-floor murders, which was like one of the most bloody you know, murder scenes that L.A. detectives had seen up to that date. Obviously, been some other ones that are probably <laughs> higher profile, like O.J. Simpson uh, after that. Um, <clears throat> Sharon Tate lived in Laurel Canyon, and she was a frequent visitor to uh, home... Uh, to her house and then obviously to the houses of John Phillips and Cass Elliott and Abigail Folger. Uh, And then Denny Doherty and other, who is the other Papa in Mamas and the Papas claimed that he and John Phillips were invited to Cielo drive on the night of the murders uh, that Sharon Tate was murdered, but they allegedly never made it over there. And then Chuck um, Negron of, Three Dog Night was also a regular visitor of Wonderland, and he had uh, set up a drug buy on the night of the mass murder, the the four on the floor one, and it fell asleep and never made it over there. So wow. just in kind of weird connections that these people were all like known to party, you know, kind of involved in all this stuff, and then there was all these grisly murders that happened down there. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the weird kind of connections to... Um, the Manson family and also to Jay Sebring and, um, you know, who's one of the victims and then also Tex Watson. So Tex Watson used to, he co-owned and worked at a wig shop in Beverly Hills called Crown Wig Creations that was located at the mouth of Benedict Canyon. So a little bit further towards Beverly Hills to the West. And then Jay Sebring his main claim to fame was that he would make men's hair pieces, and he did that in his shop, which was at the mouth of Laurel Canyon. Hmm. So they both made wigs, one for female celebrities and one for male celebrities. They both worked at the mouth of the two canyons running their businesses, and then Tex Watson ended up allegedly killing J.C. Bring. 
That's in 69. I want both of the businesses. I want men and women's. Yeah. Maury's wigs. wigs. <laughs> <laughs> Speech. Speech. Son of a bitch. That's all I could think of. Maury's mm-hmm. wigs. <laughs> Um, and then there was some weird, there was some, some connection also to Phil Spector, um, who ended up getting involved in that murder later what was, it was in the nineties that Phil Spector was involved in the murder. I can't remember. I'm not even going to go down that road cause I don't remember exactly what it was, but <clears throat> he had a, a group of studio musicians who were known as the wrecking crew. And they were the musicians who played on a bunch of the recordings of the Laurel Canyon bands, like the Monkees, the Birds, the Beach Boys, right. Mamas and the Papas. Yeah, there, there was a documentary about those guys, I think on Netflix. I watched, I don't know, probably three or four years ago. It was, it was pretty interesting. <clears throat> yeah, so definitely some weird, weird connections to the that whole scene um before we kind of go into the like some of the the stuff to kind of finish this episode off i would like to kind of throw out my theory on why there would be like the cia or military intelligence connection to this counterculture movement and i think that if you think about like spies what is a better? What would be a better avenue for gathering information or getting things into countries that you need to, other than having or getting things for operations that you may need, or smuggling things, or you know, meeting and greeting people? They have celebrities, dude. Mm-hmm. You know, famous rock stars and musicians. They're going to have access to carte blanche to like any place in the countries that mm-hmm. they go to yep. because they're and, famous. And anybody. Yeah. 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 And all the top, yeah, exactly. The top players of, you know, whatever country are going to, you know, be doing meet and greets. Oh, you get to come meet Jimi Hendrix. Oh, you get to come meet the, you know, Jim Mm -hmm. Morris and the Doors and, you know, Glad Hand and get to meet all these people and all these connections. And there's a weird connection to um, Bob Marley when he got assassinated uh, down in Jamaica. And there's like a connection to the CIA where like there was a film crew that was filming his like one of his last shows that was ever filmed. And one of the dudes that was on the film crew, oh, they were driving over to this this thing that they were going to go film. He was like, oh, by the way, everybody, I just want you to know my dad's in the CIA. And everybody <laughs> was like, what the hell does that have to do with anything? <laughs> right. And then Bob ended up getting killed, which yeah. I think was one of those prescribed he was taken out because he was you know creating a you know too much wake yeah a subculture of people that were you know disenfranchised Rastafari mm-hmm. dim noye but dim can do <laughs> sounded just like him I know it's fucking accurate this, it, the redemption song all, all, all that stuff totally reminds me of that uh, I know I brought it up before that confessions of a dangerous mind that movie yeah i need to watch that again it just the same kind of premise yeah but it gives you acts i mean if you have if you have like famous people going in and out you know moving 
musical equipment and you know mm-hmm. set design and all that stuff i mean so dude, many people so are many people are involved in that you got all your roadies you got your tour managers you got your you know you got your tour assistants you got all these people and it's so easy to, for you know <clears throat> intel or you know spies to like hang out in those and then get you know what they need and mm-hmm. so that's one of my theories on why you know because it the whole counterculture thing really didn't make sense to me i mean obviously it wasn't there but it didn't really make any sense to me because it's like what was the point of all that mm-hmm. you know why were you know why were why would the agency want to create that unless it was just division and start to identify kind of like the pre-social media and say it's before all that exactly now they don't need it (laughs) exactly identify who's on what side and who's with what and you know they're still doing it this you know to this day it's like the the roe v wade oh hey we know who's you know give somebody that platform and they'll and you get one person that's probably fake to Mm -hmm. like what this person says and then they're just going to go off and off and oh my god but it's actually Mm-hmm. Just bots or people listening to just bring that out, and they don't have to. They don't have to pay an extra guy to go out to be yeah. a roadie of mm-hmm. the band. Yeah, and some of the weird stuff too. That was kind of like some of the connections between the like the military, CIA, like bases and stuff like that, and the counterculture scene. Um, you had Fort MacArthur, which is down in um, San Pedro, kind of like Long Beach area, uh, literally overlooks terminal island which is the federal prison that manson paroled out of and at fort macarthur that's where sharon tate's dad and that was one person i probably should have mentioned is sharon tate obviously you know pretty big deal got murdered by the manson family allegedly i don't know if i believe that but um her dad was a colonel an army a u.s army colonel and he was in the intelligence field so he worked out of Fort MacArthur, which when you do any research about Fort MacArthur and what it is, um, I didn't see anything about was about intelligence that was related to intelligence out of Fort, Mac- or Fort MacArthur. But what stood out to me is that it was the home to the 61st Medical Squadron, hmm. um, which going back into the MK Ultra and the, you know, Jolly West and the Gateway experience or experiments and things like that. And then, you know, the Edgewood Arsenal Arsenal stuff where you have like these military bases that are doing medical procedures and medical type of um, you know, tests experiments and, experiments and tests yeah. on on people. So I think it's kinda weird that literally right across the waterway, like seeing distance is terminal island mm-hmm. which is where they were known to do the mk ultra experiments anyway and there's a medical uh, squadron located right there mm-hmm. and a colonel from the intelligence field is assigned to this base mm-hmm. that doesn't even look like a base it looks like a neighborhood mm-hmm. um and, and whose daughter just happens to be killed by by him yeah. Yeah. And the day after she was murdered, the day after he turned in his papers, retired at 46 years old. So he quit the military, grew his hair out and went to infiltrate the hippie scene to find out who killed his daughter. Hmm. What would leave you to believe lead you to believe it was the hippie scene that did that? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? 
Because at the time, that we're talking the day <coughs> after she was found, there was no suspects. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No info would have been out other than inside. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So super weird. And then another thing that I found about this uh, this base is that it's also the home of the like some some battery division. So like anti-aircraft and mm -hmm. didn't we have the battle over Los Angeles mm -hmm. and UFOs happening in 1940, 42, somewhere around there. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. And yep. this guy works there. I don't know. Fucking weird. Yeah. So kind of strange. Um, <clears throat> like I said, Terminal Island, there was connection between the agency and Paramount Studios, uh, Haight-Ashbury and you know the medical clinics like we talked about in the past uh, mcneil island prison which is up in washington um, that was a federal penitentiary that manson was at before he was transferred transferred to terminal island or terminal island and then he went to mcneil i can't remember which one it was but mcneil is where he was uh cellmates with uh, alvin carpus so creepy carpus who was like a like a 1930s gangster you know, bank robber, uh, John see. Dillinger. Yeah, see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the, yeah, one of those guys. Used guys. He was one of used guys. And uh, he ends up teaching Manson how to play the guitar in prison. And then he's released, in, Carpus is released in 1969, the same year that Manson supposedly killed and then went back to prison, right? Because uh, he went back to prison or he got arrested in December of 69. Carpus committed suicide in Spain under suspicious circumstances in 1979. Hmm. Maybe he knew something yeah. about MKUltra. Maybe he knew something about, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. so, kind of weird. Some guys yeah. flapping their jaws <clears throat> to him. Uh, Mr. Manson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then some of the weird stuff between the Hollywood and the connection to the agency and then the FBI through Cointel. Uh, Cointel Pro, I almost said Arnold. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Hey, oh, whoa. Um, and the LAPD Intel unit was that they were all trying to infiltrate and like um, kind of break apart these leftist communist groups and the Black Panthers. And they were like really, really big on um, obviously, you know, trying to discourage the. Um, equality movement that was happening with Martin Luther King and they, um, it's all out in the open now I mean public documents that you know the the FBI was involved in you know COINTELPRO and doing their wiretaps on Martin Luther King Jr. and all that stuff so mm -hmm. um, this isn't us just being haters um, so there's also a weird connection to a guy named General Curtis LeMay who was like one of Kennedy, he was like a major adversary to Kennedy. Like he hated Kennedy, John Kennedy. And he is living in LA and he's friends, gets his hair cut by Jay Sebring. And he's also connected to all these dudes in the, the LA mob that were also mobbed up with the Vegas mob dudes. And LeMay is like at when Kennedy got killed, he was like in the autopsy room talking shit about him being dead. Oh. So 
I don't know. And then there's... Didn't he say something, like, way fucked up in Yeah, there? he said something that was, like, way too soon. Like, bro, too soon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, just kind of strange, but the there was a guy named Reeve Whitson that was in and out of the Hollywood scene. Uh, he was friends with the Manson family. He was friends with Manson. He was friends with, like, every player in Hollywood. You know, people that were in every industry in the sports, like the L.A. Lakers, Hollywood. He lived, allegedly, in a... Uh, his parents had a down off of Wilshire Boulevard. They lived in an apartment on a 12th story. He lived in there supposedly inside their um, kitchen on a cot. And he hung out with all these, you know, weird hippies and stuff like that. But yet he was like super conservative. And the people that knew him, he claimed that he was working for the CIA. Um, he always had like a freezer full of money. He was always paying for everything. He ended up later on like being a dude that was like invested heavily into that railway where they were trying to make that magnetic um, rail car that was going to go from Pasadena to Vegas. And it was supposed to go like 250 miles an hour. Mm. So he was like a big money pusher on that deal and investor on that. Just a weird deal. But he was like buddies with Vincent Bugliosi, who, which I think, I'm, is that how you pronounce his name? I think so. But he was one of the, uh, he was the main prosecu- prosecutor during the Manson murders and the Helter Skelter stuff. And, um, and that dude has kind of a shady. Yeah. And that guy's like super shady was hiding evidence, like stuff that would get you disbarred and like, you know, like prosecutorial misconduct stuff that would, mm-hmm. he'd get prosecuted over now. He's dead, but, um, yeah, just a bunch of weird connection. But Reeve Whitson was like going and grabbing witnesses to the, that, that new stuff about the Manson stuff and he was bringing them to LAPD detective or uh, commanders in the LAPD like uh, detective bureau and just all this weird weird connections with this Reeve Whitson dude um and when I started kind of like looking further into it this group called the International White Guard popped up and I'd never heard of this but Supposedly, all these military intelligence dudes were part of this group called the International White Guard, which was kind of like this weird offshoot. And like President Wilson was also involved in this thing. And it was some kind of like a secret society that was kind of aligned with not not like Nazism, but it was kind of aligned with like something very, very similar. Like white nationalism. Yeah, white nationalism. And they wanted to like start this... <clears throat> race war it was really weird but anyway we're running out of time kind of like that uh, uh azov battalion over in the ukraine yeah which they're supposedly like killing off dudes now that are americans and ditching their bodies and stuff and you know mer- american mercenaries a bunch mm. of weird stuff so anyway that's about all i had um I highly recommend that you look into weird scenes inside the canyon and then also chaos. We've talked about it two weeks now. Uh, both of those books are really good. Uh, Program to Kill, check it out as well. Um, yeah, just this little bit of you know what you covered it in that that's in that book. It's like yeah, a drop in the hat of yeah. what is in there. So I <coughs> I personally think that the reason why they were bringing all this stuff together. Uh, one, it served a couple of different purposes for, like I said, for, um, you know, spying and spy craft and like, you know, moving with ease in and out of countries and all that stuff. But then on the same time, the same token, you have the MK Ultra, like the mind control group think, control everybody, mm-hmm. you know, 
through music, through, you know, this whole, you know, drug. psychological drug movement. And that was the thing about the drug stuff is like these people. Oh, like, uh, yeah, Zappa. Zappa, Zappa hated hippies. And he was always dosing everybody around him and nobody ever saw him do LSD. Hmm. You know, like he hated hippies, <clears throat> but you're like the king of the hippie movement, dude. Super weird. Yeah. It's almost kind of like they were, it was like a controlled opposition yeah. kind of yeah. operation or something. And that's exactly what COINTELPRO was all about was like controlled opposition, like feed out disinformation, split everybody apart, divide and conquer, same mm -hmm. kind of stuff that's been going on literally since the 60s and it continues to happen and it's just funny because the playbook hasn't changed like when roe v wade came out i was like this is this is exactly what they do man they they mm -hmm. go out there and they want to divide you they want you to be focused on the right hand while the left hand is doing a bunch of shady shit mm -hmm. thank you governments and religion yeah so super weird i think hopefully we'll be able to get the guy on um soon maybe next week where he can talk about his experiences through the uh, uh ashton hall experiments and stuff like that um, if not, then we'll probably be doing some of the connections from this into serial killer world yeah. in the next couple of weeks because I think those are pretty cool. Yeah. You guys got and anything? Even more. Excuse me. I mean, it's just as interesting as these connections between the CIA and counterculture as yeah. serial killers and all that kind of stuff. It's yeah. Pretty wild. Yeah. It just gets. It's just like, holy crap, man. Like, how can people not see what's happening? Mm -hmm. You know, control people through fear, control people through chaos, control people through food supply shortage, through fuel supply shortage, through this, through that. It's just mm -hmm. like control, control, control. Make sure you're looking at your phones. Make sure you're plugged in and you're on this app and you're da 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 da. It's mm -hmm. like just about control. Yeah. Fight the power. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, you guys got anything else? I'm going to go kill a bull of Frankenberry. Oh yeah, serial killer. <laughs> cool. Be cool. Don't do anything you we wouldn't do. We'll catch y'all next week. Cheers. Later. Later.